0: So here we are and coming around the corner of Christmas coming up and, you know, and now you ramp up and again the stores are getting more and more packed. People are starting to get into that season. But more so than the, the glitz and the glamours of Christmas, the the sparkles and the lights and the tissles and the everything on the Christmas tree. This morning I want to talk about on that day that Mary's soul would be pierced. There's an actual scripture that says Mary's soul would be pierced. Now for many of us, that would start on what we tend to call Good Friday. But for this poor mother, there was nothing good about it. Nothing at all. There wouldn't be anything good about standing at the very foot of the cross for her. For you moms in the room. Could you imagine that? Standing at the foot of the cross of your baby boy. Some people's buried their babies already. So they get a glimpse of what Mary would have felt on that day. But she had learned on that the, that the night of Jesus when he had been arrested. She learned that in the middle of the night she, she got the news of this. And, and that he was tried and convicted during the wee hours of the morning of blasphemy. By the religious leaders. And early that morning, now go back in time. This is not when telephones was around where they could just pick up the phone and ring her. It wasn't like the the local authorities reaching out to her. No, she found this out by other people coming saying, Mary, it's your baby boy. Something's going on. Come on, come on, come, come on. And early that morning, he would be charged with leading an insurrection against Rome, a crime punishable by death, usually death by crucifixion. Some say, why are, why are you going there? Because you have to understand the agony of this mother. If Jesus were your son and you learned he had been arrested, where would you be? For many of us, we'd be down on 5th and Jefferson first thing in the morning as soon as the 8 o'clock strikes because we're going to be on that video conference when our child's going through arraignment. We're going to go downtown. We're going to go to these places. And would Mary do? She went to where her baby boy would be. And when she sees her son the very next time, he's in chains bound as they are shouting, crucify him, crucify him. Look at this picture and just let this sink in. This is the very first time the mother sees her baby. It's in that picture. And it's not coming up. There it is. Imagine your baby. Standing there. In the middle of this. He's bloodied and battered. And this poor mom's hearing them shout. Crucifying. Crucifying. The only thing that mother could do is weep and pray. You know. You can take it down. But you know. When I think of her, I think of the time that her soul was pierced. It wasn't at that news of crucifying. That was just the beginning. It was not even when he was hanging there on the cross. That was not when her soul was pierced. I truly believe, but in this very moment that they took him down off the cross in this next picture, that that's when when Mary's soul was truly pierced. I don't know why these pictures are on delay. But in that moment, holding her baby, you know what was probably running through her mind? The first whimper, the first cry. And now she's holding the lifeless body of her baby boy. That us, in this season, we're celebrating his coming. But his coming was for that. His coming was for that. That night. And I truly believe, right in that very moment, She was holding that lifeless bond. As I said, she was reminded of the first whimper when he first came out. The very first cry of the Messiah. Which leads us to why the Apostle Paul says this, and it's so vital that we as ministers of the gospel And the church in general itself would always, always remain steadfast to this very text that we're going to go over this morning, which is in 1 Corinthians. We're going to be in chapter 1. we're only going to look at two verses. We're going to look at verses 17 and 18. Paul truly got it. I can't wait to get to heaven and sit down with Paul. I just want to talk to him. I want to get around Mary. I want to give her a big hug. Then I want to get at the feet of Jesus and remain there forever and ever and ever. When I looked at that picture this morning, I wept over in that office because I thought about all my sins. I thought about all that. And I said, man, you went through that for me. You went through that for you. No matter how far down the scale you think you've gone, Mary, her baby boy, did that for you. But ask out of reverence for the Lord Jesus Christ if we could stand for the reading of God's word this morning. Starting in verse 17. Listen to Paul here. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with words of eloquent wisdom, Lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. But to us, to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear heavenly Father, thank you so much. The beautiful songs that we've already sang talking about waymaker, a miracle worker. You made a way. Then we sang Emmanuel, God with us, thank you. Holy Spirit of God over these next few moments. I ask that you would just come into this room. Be with us, and I pray all this in Christ Jesus' most holy, precious name. And all of God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. So why the preaching of the cross? I said this when we first started Advent. We was going to work our way backwards. We was going to start at the cross and come back, but I really wanted to look at things through Mary's eyes and, and, and how she felt as a mother's love. So why the preaching of the cross? Friends, the church in America, in the good old U.S. of A., we are moving from a message of salvation to a message of social Activism. A, and a message of good works. If you do this good or that good or this good or that good, you're gonna be good. Friends, I got news for you. No, 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 no. Unless you've been covered under the blood of Jesus. I don't care how many good works you've done did. Because the Bible says your good works is as of a filthy. Rag, And I don't know if you've ever dipped a rag down in oil you've ever been working on a car and you see just how black and nasty that rag is. Do you know that's what our good works looks like into Jesus' eyes? Ooh. Praise be unto God the most holy one. We're saved by grace through faith. We can't earn it. And guess what? we truly don't deserve it but the king of kings gave us salvation see the old bloody message of the cross is being quickly replaced by bloodless preaching that lacks power and lacks hope many preachers across all over they're forgetting to give the blessed hope to forgetting about Jesus. It's turning to a gospel of a crossless Christ and a Christless cross. That's where we're taking the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if we don't turn it around, Look out. I am so thankful that within the whole leadership team, I'm not just talking about the man who's standing behind this sacred desk. I'm talking about all the way down from Johnny on the drums to Angela singing to to Dan to Todd to to Miss Sharon lifting up Emmanuel. I'm talking about David. I'm talking about all of us. The whole leadership team. I'm truly thankful that we believe in the blood of Christ and we understand that God has given us liberty through Jesus Christ. And we will make it a mandate to always preach and teach the word of God. It's infallible. It's inerrant. There is no confusion there. It says what it says and that's it. Nothing more, nothing less. That's it. See, the significance of the cross is twofold. It signifies the holiness of Of the one who suffered there. But it also signifies the vileness of the sin. For which he suffered. It's twofold. See the cross defines the total wickedness. And power of sin. Do you think that being a sinner is not so bad? Can you just say yeah I'm a sinner. It's not too bad. I'm kind of good. Friends you need to look at the cross. That's how bad it was. It was bad. Think about the blood stains. Think about how his mother felt for some 33 and a half years. She watched her baby boy day in and day out. She watched him grow up. She watched him when, yeah, Jesus would probably get aggravated as a teenager. She's seen all that. She's seen him when he was in the temple teaching. She's seen that. Think how she felt on that day. And if your sinful condition is not of the utmost importance to you, it's because you do not understand the true meaning. Of the cross of Calvary. If your sin don't bother you to the point that it cuts you to the core. You don't understand the cross. I love Billy Graham. He always pointed people to Jesus through the cross. He always. He never failed that. There was a story one time that was said there was one time that he did not mention the cross. No one come down to the front. When him and the guys in the back talked about it, he made a vow. He said, I will never, ever, ever not preach the cross again. Throughout every crusade, he preached the cross. Every message, week in and week out, I pour my heart out to you all, pointing you not to William, not to Dan and Angela, not to Brother David, but to the cross of Christ. Because that's the only way that leads unto salvation. There's no other way. It's love. Unending. Never failing. Never failing. Look with me at John chapter 8 and verse 34. It says, Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. Now that's practicing it. I'm not talking about you mess up, nothing like that. No, I'm talking about when you start practicing that sin, you become a slave to it. It owns you. It takes ownership of you. It takes dominion over you. People say, well, there's no way out. Yes, there is. It's Jesus. I'll tell you, we was in, we was in prayer meeting the other night, and I was talking about how there's sin that tries to creep up on me, man, and it starts messing with me. And worship music start going off in my head. And I said, here's what I start doing then. I start singing loud and either the devil can't stand my singing or he can't stand my praise I think it's he can't stand my praise because once I start praising the Lord that goes away but if I waller in it and then I act upon it guess what I'm doing I'm practicing that sin once I've been convicted and the Holy Spirit of God is letting me know saying William Don't do this. Well, once I continue and walk into that, guess what I've done? I've practiced that sin. That's that's what that means when you practice it. Romans 8.15 describes sin as the spirit of bondage. Look with me at Romans 8.15. It says, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters by whom we cry Abba, Father. Man, when you start calling the King Abba. Man, when he goes from just Jesus to Abba, Father. King, glory, majesty, and holy. Because we've been adopted. If you're sitting in this room, maybe you didn't have a good dad your whole life did you know you've been adopted by the king and he's placed a crown upon you? Like if you're a little girl and and daddy wasn't there for you, he placed the most beautiful princess crown upon your head and said, look how beautiful you are, my child. That's love. Love that only the father can give. Man can't give that kind of love. That's a fairy tale. See, there can be no true liberty where there is no breaking away from the sin that enslaves you. You don't have liberty and freedom. But this freedom can only come through Christ who committed no sins. Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. You said what? Jesus was tempted? Yeah, back on Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 5. Start there. Forty days, forty nights. He was tempted by the evil one. But yet, he didn't act. See, if he had sinned, he could not have been our Savior. Just wouldn't have worked. He was holy, harmless, separate. Yet this holy one of God bore our sins on the cross. He bore our sins on the cross. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21 says, For our sake. He made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. See, the holiness of God and the sinfulness of man met in a great conflict on the cross. There was a conflict. And the cross is just a statement of just how bad man can be and just how good God can be. He took our sins. God was good enough to say, Hey David, you don't deserve that. I'm going to do that. Even though it should be you, I'm going to do that. Love that he had for us that dates all the way back to creation. When he created us in the first place was to be with him. We was never created for the separation. We was created to be united. This is why oh Emmanuel had to come. He wanted what was rightfully his back and he was willing to pay a price see friends we've been ransomed i don't know if you've ever watched a hollywood movie when they snatch the kids up and then they'll call them and they'll say i have this ransom for you mr kidnapper i want you to give me 2.5 million dollars and if not by 12 o'clock you can count that baby good is gone that's a lot of money but did you know Jesus Christ, when the enemy snatched us from, from, him, from God the Father, when he pulled us away, when we were separated, God ransomed us with Jesus Christ through something that was worth way more money than anything could buy. Listen, friends, you was bought with a high price. You was bought with the price, the blood of Jesus. There ain't no one million, two million, seven and a half pints of blood. Woo! Had all of our names in his DNA. Man. Praise be to God. He did that for us. We don't deserve it. But it was only because of that love. See, the cross is God's definition of both love and sacrifice. When God gave his son, it was not with any expectations that he might escape the cross. No, he already knew. Calvary was never meant to be an option for Christ. It wasn't. On that cold Middle Eastern night, the cross was already in sight. The angels done knew. They knew what was coming. Friends, there was no other hope of saving man but by the sacrifice that was made on the cross. John described Jesus as the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. That means when they were in their council chambers, in heavenly places, the Lamb was already hand-selected. Knowing. Think about that. Man, on December 25th when we're celebrating and and we're singing kumbaya and jingle bells and jingle bells and all them good little Christmas carols. Think about when Jesus stepped down off of his throne so that we could have eternal life. That's what we need to be reminded of because that's truly why he came. He didn't come to just be a good man. He didn't even come to be a great man. He didn't come to be a union carpenter. He didn't do none of that. He came to be a savior. That's great news. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Holy, holy, holy. One day he's going to let me break loose and sing like no other. I just know my limits. (laughs) But the cross truly does stand as a testimony of the love of God. It ultimately stands as a testimony. It's God's love for us. I told Brother David, I said, this verse keeps jumping at me for some reason. And I'm trying to like dial it in and figure out why. Because this is how much Cross meant, and how much love there was from God was John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. Key word there: whoever believes in Him. Whoever. That don't mean come clean up first and then come to Christ. Actually, totally opposite. Bring all your junk. Bring all your mess. Because that's when people get to really see the fingerprint of God on it. And they can say, boy, that man was wretched. I wouldn't go nowhere near him in a dark alley. But, boy, I'll run up on him every day now and ask him for some prayer. That's when God's fingerprint's on it. You say, you don't know what I've been doing. God does. He wants you right where you're at. Come to the cross. Come to the cross. Come to Christ who laid down his life on the cross. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. Don't matter how many zeros you have in your bank account. You a zero and he's the hero. You came by him. I love Ephesians 5 two, Man, it says, and walk in love. As Christ loved us and gave Himself up for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God smells better than any frankincense myrrh. A fragrant offering means that went up to heaven, felt good in God's nostrils. Going to the cross. Yeah, (laughs) boy, that was perfect timing. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Lead them and feed them, even if they're on the phone. First John (laughs) fourteen says. In this love. Not that we have loved God. But that he loved us and sent his son. To be the propitiation for our sins. Meaning he paid the payment. He went in our place. See the cross. Is the message of an infinite and undressed love. It's infinite. It's true love. I got so tickled when. And Angela got these shipped in, and there was John 3.16 again. And I'm like, Lord, you're going somewhere. He said, tell them about my love. Let it set in with the sinners about my love. See, only God could so love us as to give his only son. And only the son could so love us as to give himself us that's true love so again love 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 18 I'm going to switch it up here I'm going to give you the KJV version good old King James David's back there cheerleading right now But it says, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. See, to the outside world, the cross makes no sense. But to us, boy, we rejoice. And when the word's preached, Listen, to the world right now, every one of you look foolish because you show up each and every Sunday to hear the same message preached over and over and over again. Go to the cross. Jesus Christ. It makes sense to us. But to them, they say, what is wrong with these people? But they're lost. And it's our job to go share this love of Christ with them. Now, don't take your Bible... And wind it up real far back and whack them over the face with it. Don't do that. Sometimes I want to do my kids like that at least six days out of the week. And Alicia do like this. No! And I'm like, I'll get you next. But seriously, it's the love of Christ. I'm so thankful that Romans 1.16, Well, of my buddies got this tattooed on. Him, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. You know, as our team comes up here and gets ready, I'm closing. I want you to think about this. The price for sin has been paid and in its place is offered to you holiness, love, peace, righteousness, and guess what? Eternal life. So perhaps... The preaching of the cross is foolish to you this morning. It sounds foolishness to you. But it is foolishness to me to turn down such a priceless and loving gift of the cross. It might not sound good to you. But for me, that's been saved and covered under the blood of Jesus, it makes sense. Listen, if you've walked in here this morning and you're lost. We are about ready to watch two people make their public profession of faith this morning. They are about ready to tell the world. Say, I have been bought with a high price. Listen, the H2O don't save you, first and foremost. Let's get that real clear. That water does not save you. What takes place before that, when you repent and believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ, that's what saves you. Then he gives you an ordinance that says, Go and tell the world. Show them. Make a public declaration that says, I've been buried with Christ. I've been raised to a new life. Man. The glory of God. Some people say, He likes to shout. No, I just get excited. My heart rate goes, And it goes down. Then i go whoosh, whoosh. But I know in these some 30 minutes there is angels rejoicing all around. Do you know you can have that free gift of salvation today? Repent and believe. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, please see one of us. Listen, we can't save you but we can walk you through the good book that leads to the man that can. We can, but Jesus can. If that's you today, please see one of us. Maybe you're struggling with something. See one of us. The day you gave your life to the Lord Jesus Christ did not become the day that life became easy actually became opposite of that. That's the day that the enemy lost you. Jesus gains you. He loses. So his life, is his job is to make your life a living hell while you're here on this earth because you will be in eternity in glory with God.